just have faith and just focus on having a good time with that person and just pay attention to what your heart says. You need to pay attention to what your heart, mind and gut say. I don't care what her, what her hair color is, eye color is, or what her nose, the shape of her nose, or even the size of two parts that a lot of men to seem to fawn over. I'm, talk, I'm referring to the backside and the breasts. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Mr. A+. Joining us today is a lovely woman who was on Bachelor in Paradise, which is another reality dating show, very much like Love on the Spectrum. Even though she works full-time, she is a media personality, an influencer, and a client of Born Bread Talent, like I am. Let's all give a warm welcome to this lovely woman all the way from Perth, Western Australia, Alicia Aiken Radburn. Thank you, Michael. What an introduction. And I have Thanks. to say, you nailed the pronunciation of my name. I and did? it's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> I get all sorts of things. Oh, I see. Um, my first question is, how are you doing? And what's new? I, I'm doing really well. Well, I think probably the thing to share that is really new because it relates to something in your introduction because you mentioned that I was working full time and I've actually just recently left my job so yeah not in a bad way (laughs) I promise I um I I think that you would relate Michael that you know coming off a show there are so many opportunities out there and I really liked my full-time job but it's just so many hours of the day and I want to see if I can pursue some other things Um, I really like Instagram I really like doing things like podcasting with you Um, so I'm just giving myself a little bit more freeing up some time so I can dedicate that to other things I might want to pursue in life because you've you've got a lot going on on your plate don't you what do your days look like well I do have some things with born bread talent coming up yes um mostly public appearances really what sort of stuff something with um Luna Park um Sydney Zoo and um the Cram Foundation I think amazing and some other um public appearances for next year as well Yeah, so you've got a lot on your plate. And I think if, you know, the hard thing about working full time is, you know, I found that I was sitting at my desk for eight hours a day, getting lots of work done, but probably not doing some of the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah, I can understand that. Because I used to work full time myself. What did you do? I worked at a kitchen manufacturer um, south of Wollongong. I was in that job for almost five years. Did you enjoy it? I did, but then after Love on the Spectrum, the novelty wore off and my heart was just no longer in it. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people are working jobs that perhaps their heart isn't in it, but yeah. it's really hard to, because because obviously you have the security of a paycheck coming in and you, you know, you're also in the routine of working full time. You're just going to the kitchen manufacturer every day. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to, it's hard to take that leap and try something else. It is. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. But the one part of the job that I particularly hated the most was the Christmas rush. Really? Yeah. Why was it so busy? 
people want their kitchens done by Christmas. Yes. Yeah, of course, because they've got their family coming over. Um, yeah. My partner, my partner Glenn, is he's a, he works in air conditioning and he has the same thing. Everyone wants their air cons put in so they can, you know, make their family comfortable. And you, sometimes it's just you're too busy and you can't make everyone happy. Yeah, of course. But then again, I've never really experienced it because my... F- my family doesn't have aircon. We just use fans. Because you live down on down on the coast or up yeah. in Newcastle? Um, down on Wollongong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I know Wollongong. Beautiful place. I've, loved, I've lived there my, my entire life. Yeah, do you think you'll ever go anywhere else? Potentially at some point. Wherever you end up in a, you know, whenever you sort of, if you were to leave Wollongong, do you think you would find it challenging to be away from your family? I think it might be. Yeah. Are you are you close with your family? Somewhat. Yeah. But I've caught but I've also kind of outgrown Wollongong in a way because I've lived here for 28 years and after a number of years you get bored with your surroundings. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think what are your like sort of your current goals coming up for the like if do you have a 5-year plan or anything like that? Nope. I just have long-term in- goals. What are they? To buy Buy a house, financially wealthy for, for security. Oh, really? Security reasons. Yes. Um, yeah. Finding a wife, um, establishing an acting career, and that's pretty much about it. I think you're pretty on track then to achieve those goals. But it's taking very slow. Yeah. Do you feel like you're progressing? Sometimes I don't feel like it. Yeah, I think everyone gets that way though. What has your life been like since appearing on Bachelor in Paradise? Yes, big, big life changes. I mean, the biggest one being that obviously I met my partner, Glenn, on the last show, which was really fantastic. Reality TV does work sometimes. Yeah. Uh, So who knows? Maybe would you ever consider another season of Love on the Spectrum? I don't know. You can meet your person. Maybe, but um, there's not going to be another. There won't be a third season. Oh, really? No, <laughs> don't yeah. break the news here. <laughs> so many people have asked me about that. Yeah, so I, I obviously got to meet Glenn, which was amazing, and now we are engaged and we're getting married next year. So it, you know, the, my life's changed in the sense that I've, I've, I did, I did get that sort of success story, and I've met met my person and we're we're progressing and we're building a life together over here in Perth so that's awesome and that's the number one thing and then obviously secondary to that is all the other like the the same life changes that you would have experienced that you know sometimes that I that I do have a bit more of a public profile these days which has um, allowed like given me some really amazing opportunities I I regularly do um, a program called Hack on Triple J. It's it's like their youth political program. So every Friday at 3.30, they talk about the political issues of the week. And so I've appeared on that quite a few times. And I, I do my influencing now. So I've worked with some really, really amazing brands. Um, and... And yeah, when I'm out and about, people recognise me, which is really awesome. And I get to... Yeah, really. Do you? How do you find that experience it's, of people coming up to you? I don't. I don't mind the attention, and and because I experienced being ignored a lot in high school, and whenever people ask me for selfies, I always allow it. 
Yeah, of course. Makes well, me- I mean, it would be okay if you didn't want to take a selfie, but well, but tell me tell me more about that. The fact that you like you like them coming up. Well, it's because it's just still kind of new in a way. Yeah. But I'm also I'm considerate enough to um, give people a moment of my time. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because your your story would have really affected a lot of people and you you could have changed a lot of people's lives by seeing you be so open and sharing and putting yourself out there according to a lot of people it takes courage oh absolutely but i didn't see it that way well how did you see it i saw it as a chance to help me find a partner in fact i barely even noticed the cameras yeah tell me about the tv experience what what did you enjoy it of course i did it was wonderful were were there any bad elements so is there anything post show really no You've never received any mean comments or anything like that? Actually, about that, um, I did find one nasty post on Reddit. Really? Yeah, last year. But the the person who wrote seems anonymous. Yes. And do you find that that... Did, did it affect you at all? Because nope. I've had the same thing. Really? I, I, um, I couldn't help but feel insulted, but I didn't take any action about it. Yes. Did you, so did you, you basically you didn't, you didn't sit in that feeling of being insulted? Not for very long. Okay, that's good. And you might have to teach me because I found that that was one of the things that I really struggled with after the show. Oh, what happened? I remember, well, on my first season of The Bachelor, I was actually the villain. I don't know if you know that. I don't. (laughs) Yes. And so and because I don't watch those shows. Yeah, so I was the villain and and you know, it's up to people can go back and watch that series and decide whether they think that was a fair representation of who I was as a person. But basically what happened after that was I wasn't featured all that much on that first season. Oh. I was just um yeah, so I got I got what's called the villain edit. And then in my second two shows, because I've done three in total, on my second show of Bachelor in Paradise, I think people got to see a little bit more about who I was as a person. They just got to understand me a little bit more. And I think people came around to understanding that I wasn't a nasty person. But yeah, I got a lot of a lot of really, really harsh comments, Michael, and it really, really affected me. Yeesh. Yeah. Are you comfortable um, revealing one, at least one of them? Yeah, of course. Okay, so, and they're still all there on my Instagram. If you go back on, if you, you can scroll back and it's really, it's a really interesting exercise because on the finale photo that I uploaded from the first season of The Bachelor versus the finale photo of this, the um, first season of Bachelor in Paradise, uh. On the, f- on the first season of The Bachelor where I was the villain, the comments are so mean. I, I, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of things about um, my physical appearance, someone commented saying, you're not pretty enough to be that bitchy. <laughs> um, okay. What else? A lot, of, a lot of comments calling me ugly. A lot of comments telling me that I needed to get a nose job. Which is probably one of my was one of my biggest insecurities. I've always I've always been really insecure about my nose. And so when someone identifies something about you that is your biggest 
you know, you might, you, I, I wasn't walking around out there being like, I, f- I feel sad about my nose. I think my t- nose is too big. But someone just managed to land on the exact thing that I was most insecure about and it was really hard. And so there was that experience. And then once people got to know me a little bit more, the comments on the finale picture of Bachelor in Paradise, they're all so lovely and really kind and I think it just goes to show that we particularly when we're watching people on TV where we're potentially not getting the full picture of who they are as a person we've got to be really careful that we don't so like I'll give you an example for about you Michael on the first season of Love on the Spectrum I would have never known that you were a spiritual person oh And then versus the second season of Love on the Spectrum, I thought it was so beautiful that we got basically a full episode dedicated to your spirituality and really showcasing Uh, that part of who you were. Thanks. I appreciate that. Do you think that was surprising to people? Kind of. Even though I'm a spiritual person, spirituality is not really one of my biggest passions. What would you say your biggest passions are? My three biggest passions are railways, animals and acting. Really? Yeah. Animals is a broad category. Why is it broad? Oh, there's just a lot of animals out there. Yeah, but I particularly am scared of spiders. Oh, yeah? What did you think about the lions escaping from Sydney Zoo? I was concerned for them, yes. but, but relieved to find out that they weren't killed. Yeah, I'll tell you um, what we should do. If, if, we, if you are ever in Perth and I'm in town... So my partner, Glenn, he's a twin and his twin brother dates a zookeeper who works at Perth Zoo. So we could go do like a behind the scenes tour and meet some of the animals at Perth Zoo. We? Yeah. If I mean, if you would want to do that. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, it's very cool. I think zookeeping is a very cool job. But the question is, how would that be possible? That means I'd have to fly over there. Yeah, and I think you've got some trips in the works, don't you? Because you went on a, I don't know if this is confidential information, but you put it on your Instagram that you went on a date with a girl from Perth. Well, she flew over here. Yeah, that's big. So I think you owe her a trip back. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And so tell me a bit about that date. We haven't caught up about that. It was good? It was lovely. I I enjoyed every moment of it. We had very little time together, though. Oh, how long was it? One evening and half half a day. Right, okay. But that was enough to establish that you guys liked each other. I didn't grow any romantic feelings at first because um, it was too soon because we had very little time. And are you continuing to progress? Like, are you chatting? Yeah, on- of course. Yeah, that's very good. It's good to know mm. that you're out there and dating. And You've got to be out there. Yeah, but in place like Wollongong, it's not easy. Are you on any of the like online dating no. apps? Really? <laughs> so how are you meeting people at the moment? How Just, did you meet um, your lady that you went on a date with? Oh, she um, sent an uh, email to the podcast detailing an invitation to date me. Oh my gosh. Something I was surprised about. Yeah. Who would have thought that the podcast was a vehicle to potentially meet a wife? <laughs> that's a... That's... Let's not get too I tell you away. what. <laughs> I tell you what you should do, Michael. You what? should 
uh, we should like other people should write into the podcast who might be interested in dating you and you should do episodes of the podcast where you have a first date on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> that would be cool. Sounds fun. Yeah. It's um yeah. it, it would be Did you ever find love on the spectrum nerve-wracking when you nah. were like on those first dates? Really? Not really. Why? Just confident. Yeah, I was. You don't find dating like I went back when I was dating. And if I was to have to, you know, lo and behold, I would become single and I have to date again. I, I just, I'm so nervous every time I go on a first date. Just have faith and just focus on having a good time with that person and just pay attention to what your heart says. Yes. You need to pay attention to what your heart, mind and gut say. I think that's good advice. But also the thing is love is blind. You don't really care about looks? Not too much, no. You don't have a particular type? In terms of appearance, not too much. Yeah. I don't care what her what her hair colour is, eye colour is, or what her nose the shape of her nose, or even or even the size of two parts that a lot of men to seem to fawn <laughs> over. That's good. <laughs> I'm, to- I'm referring to the backside and the breasts. Oh, okay. So both of them. You don't yeah. have a preference. Nope. <laughs> good. E- external features don't define a woman. That is, I love that. That's really good. I just wish more men out there would listen to your podcast and have us have a similar attitude. Well, here's the thing. Not many men are like me. Yeah, you're a bit of a... You're, you're a catch. <laughs> yeah, so I've been told. Well, that's you've got women writing into the podcast, Michael. Well, I think. Only Sarah has. And plus, I don't well, pursue women who are, who are already taken. Oh, I mean, I think that's... I think that's... Um, that's a good way to be. Mm. Have you, you... Have you ever... Because have you had a serious girlfriend now? I've never had a girlfriend. Yeah, right. Okay. I've been, single, get you a girlfriend. I've been single since birth. <laughs> and besides, I'm not the kind of guy that any girl can date. What do you mean? She's got to be... Right for me. Yeah, that's true. There are three and I boxes think that she has to tick. Yeah, and what are those? And I can't compromise them. Yeah, what are those boxes? And they're non-negotiable. She has to come from a good, loving family that is not dysfunctional, oh, for a start. I'm out there. Second, shit. <laughs> Because if I marry into a dysfunctional family, their problems become my problems. Yeah, I think that's pretty wise. <laughs> and I detest chaos. I just want to live. I just want to live in peace. That I think that's very. I think that's very wise. What What are your second two boxes? Second one, she has to be a very kind, loving woman who's pure of heart. Mm-hmm. Got it. And third one will have to handle being the wife of a famous actor. Oh, yeah. I think most women will be happy with that. (laughs) Which means I'd be absent from home frequently. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that you would be good at showing your partner, like even when you are away from home, I think you are the sort of guy that will be able to show their partner that they're loyal, that they're thinking of their partner. Yeah. That, like, you could send flowers and let them know that they're loved. Do you know what your love languages are? 
All five of them. Oh, in order. Not in order. Oh, so you have five love languages. Because there's only five. Oh, yeah, but what are your particular ones? Like, I've got two that stand out to me. I have all five of them. Everything yeah. is your love language. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. See, because I'm not like a, I'm not, I'm not into gift giving so much myself. I like to give gifts to others, but I don't need gifts to feel loved. And so what are your love languages then? Okay. My love languages are quality time. Yes. Um, and that's not just, you know, quality time, meaning, you know, you're not sitting on the couch, just on the phone together. You actually, are, you know, so tonight me and Glenn are going and doing a cooking class together. Um, yeah, that's good quality time. And my second one is physical touch. Not necessarily in the like naughty way, but just in the like, you know, physical affection with one another. That's, that's how good. I like to receive love. Yeah. Physical effect, physical touch is very important. Yeah. Because if you don't give each other affection, what is the point of showing love? Yeah, I think so too. Because after all, being uncomfortable with with affection, that's the Sheldon Cooper approach. Yes. And yeah, not for some people, I can understand if they feel uncomfortable with physical touch. But for me, I think that that's one of the main ways that I feel loved and that I can show yeah. someone that I love them. So basically, Michael, you, you, you're a fan of physical touch too? Yes, of course. Okay, I'm com- so you're going to be comfortable with, making comfortable out with, with your hand. future wife. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I've never really had much interest in coitus. Oh, really? No, I've never been inter- interested in it. What about, what about making out? With the right woman, yeah. depending on how serious the relationship is. Kissing sounds good. Yes, it does. Okay. I'm comfortable with that. Okay. In fact, I actually got kissed once a few months ago. Really? Yeah. Or does a man not kiss and tell? Nah, tell what? us. <laughs> oh, some fan a few months ago wanted to um, get a photo with me and she asked me if, if she could give me a kiss. I thought she meant on the cheek, but she meant the <gasps> lips. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I guess she did ask. That was the first time I ever got kissed by a woman. Really? And it yeah. felt good? Yeah, it felt, it did feel good, but, but it's not the same as being kissed by your partner. Yes. But this fan, she was, she was excited and it was kind of spur of the moment. Yeah. Okay. But, um, I didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't even have a partner at the time, and I wasn't really dating anyone either. A lot of people enjoy casual encounters. Yeah. <laughs> and I and would say any- that was a casual encounter. Yeah. And anyway, um, I'm also big on hugs as well, because yeah. I give bear hugs. A good hug is very underrated, I think. I see. People always rush to kissing and sex as the, you know, major things that mean physical touch. And I think hugs are underrated. I think that hugs are really nice. And I think Yes, that, I know. Yeah, me and Glenn try and just give each other a really whenever he comes home from work, we call it we call it reunification. Because yeah. you've been away from each other all day and now you're back with your partner. And I think that yeah. too many people just like come home from work and then they like get in the shower or they rush and do other stuff without reconnecting with their partner. I see. And so we just give each other a really big 
I mean, I I don't know if he can bear hug like you, but uh, okay. he, he we will have a really nice hug and then we feel reconnected. That's really lovely. Hmm. But just curious, what are your thoughts on erotic spanking? Erotic spanking? <laughs> oh, I've never really been into... I, I know that people, a lot of people like pain involved in their... Yeah, so, like, I mean, it depends how, how, like, how hard are we talking about... You know, um, some kind of slap on the butt. I think I wouldn't mind a light slap. What about you? Would you like a light slap on the butt? No, but I'd like to deliver it myself. <laughs> oh, you want to slap someone on the butt? Well, in a romantic way. Why does that, do, why does that turn you on? Not to say it's bad at all. I think it's very hot of you, Michael, it's, but... It, it's because I'm a hopeless romantic. Okay. And so, do you think that it would be like, if you got to a level with a woman where you were erotically spanking her, you would have established enough trust and love in that relationship? Yeah. But if it's not serious enough, I wouldn't do it. I don't recommend you erotically spank just anybody. No. Definitely a third date one, the erotic spanking. <laughs> Isn't that a bit too soon? No, oh, it depends. <laughs> okay. But yes, very pro-erotic spanking to answer your question. Too hard is like yeah. that. If, if but- you're like, if it's painful, it's not hot anymore yeah. for me yeah, personally. Like anything in any relationship, right? You need to build up to... Yep. certain things and you need to establish that exactly. trust and love and respect um yeah. and i think where people run into trouble is where they try and you know do things that their partner's uncomfortable with so that just yeah. goes to the important like i think it was good i think it was good that that girl asked you that fan that asked you to kiss you except probably she just needed to clarify that she was gonna kiss yeah. you on the lips <laughs> yeah um well she asked me if she could Yeah, and so, but, like, imagine if you were uncomfortable with her kissing you on the lips, which it probably, like, did. I was actually surprised. Yeah, but I could, you know, like, if a fan came up to me and was like, hey, can I kiss you, I would not, I would, I would assume that they meant on the cheek and I would probably feel deeply uncomfortable if someone kissed me on the mouth (laughs) and I'd have to explain it to Glenn. Yeah. You can't kiss a, a woman that's already taken, especially if she's engaged or married. That's, yeah, that's wise. And anyway, um, can you tell us a story about, about the story leading up to your engagement? And how oh. did he pop the question? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it was, my, it was my birthday. So it was my 29th birthday last year. October 13 was my birthday. And I did not expect it whatsoever. We... You know, we talked about marriage and I, I like we knew that we wanted to, you know, go down that path together, do all of those things, kids, ba- babies, marriage, house together. We knew that we were each other's future, but I just really we'd only been dating for just over a year and a half. So Ooh. I thought it was quite fast, to be honest. Mm. But everything happened fast. We said, I love you after three weeks on a TV show. So, (laughs) wow. (laughs) Yeah. So everything moved fast. And what happened was he, I thought we were going out for a birthday dinner. 
um, there's a really there's some really beautiful restaurants down where I live in South Perth. There's like a foreshore, and you can see the city, and there's all these beautiful restaurants. Wow. And and so what he said was, okay, we're going to go for dinner, but there's an activity before dinner, so you have to be ready to leave our house at six thirty. And wow. I'm notoriously late, and so I. Thankfully, thankfully I was on time and he got an Uber and I thought when he said that we were doing an activity before dinner, I thought that we were, have you ever been axe throwing? Nope. Yeah, I thought we were, there's this new axe throwing place that's opened in Perth. So I thought we were going axe throwing. (laughs) Great. I'm waiting to kill. Very romantic. And... And instead, he got us an Uber down to the foreshore area where all the restaurants were and we walked out and then I thought, oh, okay, maybe we're going to go sit down and have a bottle of champagne and, you know, look over the city. And we're walking, walking and, you know, so there was like a very small wharf, like a little jetty and Mm -hmm. there was a sign on it that said like Perth Seaplanes because it must have been where the seaplanes come in and they land and then people get off the jetty and they walk up. And so we're walking down this jetty and I said to him, oh, are we going on a seaplane? Seems a little bit extravagant for my 29th birthday. And we're walking, walking. And then I looked at him and I said, are you proposing to me? (laughs) And so I kind of spoiled the surprise a little bit. (laughs) And it was sunset and we got down to the bottom of the jetty. So we're sort of on the water and completely private. No one else was on it. And then, um, then he, oh, he, he, he made a joke and he said, yeah, the seaplane is coming in right now. Turn around and you'll be able to see the seaplane flying. And then by the time I turned around, he was down on one knee And he had a beautiful, beautiful ring. And he said some beautiful words that I don't remember whatsoever. (laughs) And then I said, yes, importantly. Well, he certainly did a great job by the sounds of it. He did. And then we went to one of those restaurants afterwards to celebrate and had oysters and champagne. And we FaceTimed everyone. Have you ever thought about how you might propose to somebody? I haven't put too much thought into it, but most, perhaps, most likely, um, in in a in a gazebo under a gazebo in nature, or yes. um, or maybe on water. Yeah, beautiful, like a boat ride or something like that. Possibly. That's very romantic. But I wouldn't do it in public because I don't want an audience. Yeah, I also think that I I don't really love public proposals. I think it's a bit. It takes away a moment from, you know, yeah. you and your partner. And also it puts a lot of pressure on the person who's being asked. Because the members of the public give you expectant looks. Yeah, I know. And sometimes I've seen these videos on YouTube where people like clearly like are rejecting the person and it's awful. Yep. Another great way to publicly humiliate someone. Yeah, I'll tell you what you'll love about the my proposal, Michael. So that th- we didn't have, you know, how sometimes people have that they'll get like a professional photographer to like hide in the bushes and take photos. Yeah. We Glenn didn't organise that. Um, we just took selfies with the ring afterwards, which was nice. It was all just it was just about us. But a couple of days after, when I announced it on Instagram. A girl DM'd me and she said, hey, I've got, 
I, I have to just tell you that, like, we saw Glenn proposing to you on the wharf and we were in the car and they filmed it on their phone. So it was a terrible quality video, but you could hear their commentary in the background and they were like, oh, is that Alicia and Glenn? Oh, my God, he's proposing. Ah, So I do have a video from a fan. Uh, nice. That's really, really amazing. Must have been a great, great night to remember. Yeah, and so it, it, we've just gone one year of being engaged and that wedding's coming up in April. Well done. Oh, very, it's a bit scary very, getting married. Ooh, why would it be scary? <laughs> oh, I just feel very, between getting married and turning 30, um, I'm just feeling like an actual proper adult now. Well, that's good. Yeah, it is good. Because I've noticed, some, noticed something about women in their 20s and 30s. Women who are under the age of 25 are still girls. And therefore, their, their tastes are not really the best. <laughs> what do you mean, their tastes? Their, their tastes in men are similar to oh, that in right. high school. Yeah, got it, got it. Because they yeah. have not moved on from their from their teenage phase. Oh, I definitely, like, I can relate to that. I was picking terrible guys in my, and probably you're bang on the age. Before I was 20, like, probably 25 was a turning point. And before 25, I, I think I just wanted to be loved so badly that I would just go with any guy. Like, anyone would ask me to be their girlfriend and I would just be so happy that someone was interested in me. And then I end up with the biggest dickheads. Excuse my language, Michael. <laughs> How typical. Yeah. And but I've anyway, evolved. <laughs> that's good because women who are in their late 20s are still going through their transition into a woman. But when they get into their 30s, that's when their transformation is complete. Oh, excellent. Like a butterfly. I've emerged yes, from my exactly. cocoon. And hence why I prefer someone in their 30s. Yeah, I think that's. I think I definitely recommend women in their thirties. Mm. I always, uh, well, for for recommendations for the women listening to the podcast. I know you're a bit younger, Michael, and maybe you're the exception yeah. to the rule. But I reckon all women should date older men. <laughs> older men. Yeah, I'm dating a uh, Glenn's thirty-five. Yeah. I just cool. think that I think that women are more mature than men usually. Maybe you're ex yes, the exception to the rule. Well, it's because women tend to um, mature more quickly than men. Yeah. Even I have s some moments of immaturity here and there. Oh, yeah. How does your immaturity manifest? I do get irritated quite easily. Oh, that's okay. I do sometimes get a little bit impatient with situations. Yeah, and, you know, that will be something that you that will evolve as well as you yeah. get older. But then again, um, I've, I have a very mature, straightforward mind. Yes, you do. And I think that, like, we can't all – you can't have everything, Michael. We've all got some things that we're yeah. working on, you know. I think yeah, everyone's I got something that they're working on constantly. Yeah. And if I someone know. can't be self-reflective about that, I think that that says something actually about them. If they think that they've got everything yeah. together, it's a bit of a – it's that strange to me. Yeah, I know. And anyway, um, you and your fiancé, Glenn, right? Yes. Do you two picture children in the future? Absolutely. Ha! I knew it. <laughs> okay, tell us about that. I'm very, very clucky. 
Um, so, have you heard the expression clucky before? Nope. I don't really know why people say it. I think it's because, like, you know, a baby chick is really cute. I think maybe that's yeah. why they say clucky. But when, <laughs> when people, when you look at a little cute baby or something like that, like sometimes I'll be at the pub or something like that and there'll yeah. be a little baby in a stroller and I just, like, can't concentrate on my conversation yeah. and I'm just looking at the baby. And so yeah. someone will be like, oh, you're really clucky. And so oh. I'm basically ready to have kids uh, as soon as possible, right. but I just don't want to get pregnant before the wedding. Yeah, of course. Because, and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are pregnant and get married, and they look really beautiful in their wedding dress. I know, but I just want to be able to drink and party at the wedding. That's good, and and do all get get tick that yeah. box, and then next year, absolutely, we're gonna yeah. get pregnant. Cool. <laughs> Which but, is crazy. But personally, I'm pretty terrified about being a parent. Oh, yeah? How, do you want kids? I'm not really too keen on it. Really? Okay, that's fine. But I am open to it subconsciously because nearly every woman wants kids. Yes. So that is because, like, for instance, Michael, had, had I, like, I could have been so in love with Glenn and had yeah. he said to me, I don't want kids, I don't think that. I could have progressed with the relationship oh. because it's just a priority for me. Right. So so do you think you'd be open if your partner – like if you were really in love with somebody and they said, yeah. Michael, I love you, but I want kids? I'd have a, some difficulty trying to tell how I feel. <laughs> yeah. But, but if we were to be parents, um, I'd be terrified because I don't know if I'd be able to handle the responsibilities or the expenses for that matter. And because I'd be absent from home frequently. Because of the movies. Yeah. Yeah. And because um, I see having kids as a very common thing. When something becomes common, there's nothing special about it anymore. <laughs> I and think everyone, it's a special experience for everybody because everyone's kids are unique. I know. Maybe the alternative is you find you find a woman who is comfortable not having kids as well, and then yeah. you've got brothers and sisters, don't you? Yeah, I got two, one you, sister, one brother, and they're both younger. Do you think that eventually they'll want kids? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so you can be maybe the balance is like you're off being a famous actor, and you just like drop in and see your nieces and nephews. Yeah, I guess I could, but. If I was to have kids, I would allow it on one condition. Yeah. That we draw the line at two. Oh, yeah, see. I think I want four. That's too many. <laughs> Some people have so many kids. My grandpa was the youngest of 13. 13? <laughs> what was his mum doing? She was just pregnant for so long. Yeah, 10 years of pregnancy. I would hate to have 13 kids. <laughs> I just, I think you would be a good dad to anybody. And, and so I think like down the track, maybe consider that. Because I feel like you've got yeah. a lot of love to give. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but I still find the idea terrifying. Yes, understandable. You're only 28 as well. Maybe you'll get to 30 and you'll start being clucky. Will you let your children use social media and would you let your son or daughter or whoever to become an influencer? Oh, gosh. I have not 
thought about that. I don't I don't look my perspective on my kids' jobs and what they want to do in the future is I think you just have to support your kids openly about whatever they're trying to pursue. And, you know, it might not always work and yeah. you might have – but your role as a parent is to sort of pick them up as they make mistakes and not try and sort of crush their dreams as they go. So yeah, I would be open to whatever my kid wants to pursue. I think on That's social good. media and them using social media, I do find social media to be a really challenging space sometimes. Um, I think that even if we're not aware, I think a lot of the time, like I find myself, Michael, and I don't know if you do this, you seem like a very secure sort of person. So I'm going to guess no. But sometimes I'll open my Instagram and I'll see all of these beautiful women, like just absolutely stunning women. And my first reaction to that is feeling not good enough myself. Yeah, I've had moments of that as well. Feelings of inadequacy. So, yeah, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah, it is. And so I I would obviously let my kids use social media. I think social media is so amazing to connect us. Like, Michael, we've never even met in person, but I I'd feel like, like we though. are friends. Yeah, and we will one day. But I feel like we've built a friendship through social media. And how we amazing have? is that? I suppose we have. So, like, social media can be really amazing. So, yeah. I would let my kids use it, but I would just talk to them a lot about the fact that they are fantastic and lovely and unique in their own yeah. ways and they shouldn't get caught into a cycle of comparing themselves. Yeah, of course. A very smart way of looking at it. Okay, now, I believe we're on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment where the guest gets to ask me questions, whatever comes to mind. Okay, I've had this one burning... Yeah. In the background, all episode. Um, I would love to know, Michael, how have your... So, obviously, we've both done TV shows now. You've done two seasons of Love on the Spectrum. I've yeah. done three series in the Bachelor franchise. Through that process, because through Love on the Spectrum, you have to talk about, you know, how you think about love and what you're looking for yeah. all the time. How do you think that your feelings about love and relationships have changed through the process of doing the show um i just view love as a very wonderful thing but very hard to um find these days and because purity is quite important to me what do you mean by purity a woman that um that does not have any malice in her heart right what if she likes erotic spanking (laughs) that doesn't seem malicious yeah that's just um that's just something to do during coitus Perfect. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> and what I, I'm going to steal one of your questions. Okay, cool. Um, what advice do you have to people seeking love? Well, just put yourself out there and have faith and don't give up. I agree. Because there's plenty of fish in the sea. There are. And I believe that love can come at any age yes. as well. 28, 30, 60, 85. Yeah. I guess. But also the thing is, in my case, I've been dangling my hook in the water for a very long time. Yeah. Well, a fish is going to jump on. They're circling. I can feel it. And if my heart and if my gut, heart and mind say that I've caught myself the best catch, I am not throwing her back. Good. I love that. Good luck in your fishing endeavors. Thanks. And <laughs> also, just to let you know, I don't even have any pickup lines. The only one that I know, Michael, is did it hurt? Did what hurt? When you, 
when you fell from heaven? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Oh, okay, fine. I'll that, work on you. I'll that, send you some. That's a question I would never ask ask a woman. <laughs> you don't need a pickup line. You just need to be yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Alicia, um, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. I really appreciate it, and I will accept your offer of friendship. Oh, thank you so much. I had the best time, Michael. 